Hello and welcome back to the Off The Crossbar podcast with myself, Regan Walsh, and as ever, Brad Morris. Now, before we get into this week's episode, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to, whether that be on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Acast itself. And follow us on Twitter at OffTCPod for all the latest news and stories. Now, Brad, a few weeks ago we spoke about the title race being well and truly alive. Um, it seems like it is definitely the case after this weekend's results. Uh, yeah. Like the results have gone the way I guess us media people would want because it gives mm-hmm. us something to talk about instead of boring sort of race that is completely over, which it was a couple of weeks ago, and uh, suddenly it's brought back to life, so courtesy of one Harry Kane. Yeah, I mean, as uh, the commentator said yesterday, he came back to haunt the team that wanted him in the summer. Well, well, I mean, it's highly unlikely that he goes there this season, uh, this coming season. After, obviously, after City's transfer business in January, bringing in Julian Alvarez. But um, yeah, we can let's start on that game on a whole then, because the Spurs were just on a different level to what they've been. It seems like a really good Spurs team for uh, this game, and the forward line of Son, Kane, and Kulusevski just they look like they've been playing together for years rather than what two three weeks I don't know if I'm prepared to go fully in on the or how, look, how good did Tottenham look because it just felt like Man City's defence made it so easy for them but Tottenham made the best of Man City's exposed back line yeah I mean there was times when I've looked back at the highlights obviously um, and Ruben Diaz doesn't look half the man he or he did, in that game didn't look half the man he had been previously like for Man City that everyone came to know last season as being like the defender who like the stalwart of Manchester City's defence he looked quite sh- shaky I mean the one goal um, I think it was the tapping which I think was Spurs' second goal and he was claiming offside yet he was the defender that was playing the Spurs player onside himself so it's just like petty well not petty efforts but basic defending errors that someone shouldn't be conceding as high caliber as he is yeah I guess but I would only say that it was this game they looked off of it it was very harsh for you to say oh he hasn't looked the same this season I think I think maybe I'm saying that because it's a more rounded Man City team and where if you think back to last season he was probably their standout player where this season it it his levels may not have dropped, but it seems like the rest of the city around him have like stepped up to that next level. If you may, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah, I, I think, but I, I don't know. Tottenham just made the best out of Man City's style of push so many people forward. Fullbacks go forward; it leaves a bit of space. They tried to play offside traps so many times that didn't work out, and yeah. Spurs he, just got in behind and made them pay. Mm. And so, sometimes we've said this as well with uh, how Liverpool try and play is they try and press so many players up, but at the same time they need to leave a couple back so they can deal with the counter attack and not be exposed. And Man City's defence was exposed by the Spurs counter attack. Yeah, not the first defence so this weekend that I've seen exposed by very high fullbacks. Mm. Um, on a whole, though, Harry Kane just. He looks like really good. Like I thought he could have 
definitely had more than the two. Obviously, he had that one disallowed goal for uh, Kulisevsky being offside in the second half. But I genuinely think he could have just scored a few more against uh, Man City. If he would have realised at this point, Harry Kane is back. He's remembered that it's yeah. World Cup year and he needs to get firing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he has had a quieter season than usual uh, so far for Spurs. I mean, he's now taken his tally up to seven goals. I say quieter season, but it's it's been a strange one because if you look at the rest of the league, there's only three players in double figures at this point of the season. Well, I didn't know about that one. So that's an mm. interesting stat. And yeah, it's it's a bad season by Harry Kane's standards. Like that's all yeah. it is because we know he's used to getting twenty plus every season. Well, yeah, I mean, what, did he get like thirty in all competitions last season? I'm for pretty Spurs? sure it was close to a thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the thing we've grown accustomed him accustomed to him scoring. 20 plus goals a season so when he's having a downward season like this you're you're saying whoa he's actually off form but then like I said you look at the rest of the league and there's only three players in double figures Salah, Jota and Raheem Sterling and we're what 26 games into the season it's really strange it is but if he's going to come to the forefront now towards the end of the season that will massively benefit Spurs if they do want to aim for the top four which I guess a win like this helps them but now they've got to carry yeah. on mm. and again another benef- uh, well fact in that matter is they've got three games in hands over the likes of Manchester United and West Ham who are in fourth and fifth at the minute so whilst they may be seven points behind Man United they actually have theoretically nine points available to catch up with uh, Ralph Ragnick's side and then leapfrog him. So it's definitely not over from Spurs, despite how bad it looked uh, at the early part of this season. But can they do it? I'm not too sure. But yeah, on that game on a whole, they looked really good and um, definitely one of the better performances I've seen from Spurs this season. It is, but they could then go and do the most Spurs thing ever and lose to a mid-table team, which... You know, it doesn't yeah. benefit them at, at all. No, it doesn't. I mean, this weekend coming up, they uh, travel to Leeds on the Saturday afternoon game, and that would be kind of typical of Spurs to end up losing that game. Screams banana skin. <laughs> yeah, it really does. <clears throat> but yeah, it does add a bit more excitement to the title race now because uh, the gap is no longer, what, the 12 points it was a month ago. It's now down to six points with Liverpool having a game in hand as well so it's definitely opened it up a lot and let's hope it does carry on for a while yeah you say that as well the game in hand is important but also the fact that both Man City and Liverpool have to play one another which I think is coming up in the next month if I'm not not uh, mistaken it won't be far away definitely but should we speak about Liverpool Uh, I know it is it's a few weeks away it's uh, not until April that's nice that Liverpool, just about. That's, that, yeah. that's, that's a lie. Just about. They did beat Norwich in the end after a little bit of a scare. Yeah, obviously. Uh, Milo Rashika giving Norwich the lead early on in the second half, and then it took Liverpool that bit of a kick in the backside to get going around the hour mark. They made a couple changes, and then they got going with 
Mane Salah uh, getting on the score sheet within what, three minutes or so of each other and then it seemed to be a bit more comfortable for Liverpool after that. Yep, the mainstays came to the forefront again, but it was nice to see Luis Diaz actually start a game and look like he completely stood out amongst all those that were on the yeah. pitch. I'm really intrigued mm. why they made the changes. I could only assume it was about the upcoming midweek fixtures. Yeah, I think that would be my uh, guess too as to why they've done them changes because obviously they play Leeds United uh, on Wednesday. So maybe they're thinking that's going to be a harder game for them than obviously Norwich. And, or it's either that he can only assume that he went full Pep Guardiola and decided to piss off all of fantasy football players. Mainly me, who had both Trent and Andy Robertson in my fucking team. I also did, but I made the ambitious move of taking the captaincy off of him. I, I, I genuinely wasn't expecting that from him. So I was like, oh, okay, against Norwich, Trent will come up with two, maybe even three assists. I know how well Dean Smith has managed to transform this Norwich side, but Liverpool always seem to do well. And then I see the lineup, and neither of them are starting. I'm like, Cheers, Klopp. Just what I wanted. It didn't matter in the end. Yeah, um, got the win, got the three points, and like you say, most importantly, giving us a proper title race now as we head towards the last 10-12 games of the season. Yeah, and I guess if we're talking in Norwich terms, it's not the best weekend given results that have took place down at the bottom of the table. Yeah, um, obviously the result sees them now and like you say with the other stuff this weekend they slip back down to uh, bottom so the big one of the week and probably the most surprising scoreline of the weekend was Burnley putting three past Brighton What the? F- what happened there? What on earth happened to Brighton in this one? Genuinely, I don't know what to say Like, Gro- this part has is the most surprising manager I've ever seen Yeah like he can put in top quality performances, or his side can, against the top six, and then do that against Burnley. Yeah, why Burnley? Such a bogey team with so many teams. How do they have this ability? It's Sean Dyche. He just can put some voodoo on the Premier League teams by speaking. Yeah, and he's, he's doing it via his new number nine, who finally got firing this weekend. Yeah, without Veghorst opening up his uh, Burnley account, and he said he's north. England account but I mean it also makes sense but yeah um, good to see him finally get on the score sheet um, no, no neither do I but um, again helping factor for Burnley in this relegation battle is that the games that they've got in hand because obviously they went what three weeks or so without playing a Premier League game due to Covid cases the weather and all this stuff so they've got three games in hand over Norwich but four games over the likes of Brentford, Man United and West Ham and other teams that have played 26 games so they're not out of it despite how much I want them to be out of it Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't really disagree with any of that mm. And then obviously we talk about uh, the relegation scrap, Watford beating your Aston Villa no, this we past weekend on. 1-0 <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Dennis scoring uh, for Roy Hodgson's side Again, it's a big three points for Watford. It, it's one of them where I wouldn't write... Out of the four or five teams down there, I wouldn't write Watford 
off being like uh, staying up at the end of the season. This is an issue because everyone's writing off a few teams and they say, "Oh, there's three worst teams." Like they're all picking up points. How could they be the worst teams? Yeah, because I mean, realistically, now I know we said it a few weeks ago that there's like the three teams, but now you look at Leeds below. I know Brentford are only a point uh, difference, but um, between themselves and Leeds, but I think realistically it's going to be them six teams Leeds, Everton, Newcastle, Watford, Burnley and Norwich they'll be in the relegation scrap but there isn't a clear and definitive team that are going to go down you'd probably have to put Norwich as the favourites because of the goals they've conceded like their goal difference It's also the uh, lack they've of goals scored 15 this season yeah scored 15 this season conceded 53 where everyone else 20 for Burnley, 24 for Watford 26 for Newcastle and 28 for uh, Leeds so it's the big big goal difference that is really hurting uh, Dean Smith's side yeah I don't know how they change that because it's Norwich you have to work with what you've got basically yeah but let's hope these type of stuff continues for the rest of the season so we get uh, come down to the, like, the final few games and we've got a title race and a relegation battle on our hands give us something interesting for once at the end of the Premier League season I say interesting, but if the way the lockups go, we might be involved. <laughs> Wait, I thought you said a few weeks ago that you wouldn't be involved. You were shooting you me us? down for saying these comments. Have you been watching us? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that has been a bit of a downfall. I mean, you haven't won since the game against Everton. The st- uh, towards the end of January, you drew three three with Leeds lost 1-0 to both Newcastle and Watford the last two Premier League games and you've looked questionable in both of them before that Leeds game it was all right alright lads here we come we're going to beat all these three near the bottom here we come Europe chase coming one point <laughs> one fucking point like, are you kidding me yeah I say are you kidding me it is typical Aston Villa football club but also one of the, I'll always look to humour to counteract any sort of sadness. I, I couldn't do it this weekend. Just let the depression flow through my veins. Yes. I mean, I even tried to cheer you up by looking at uh, West Brom school in the championship. You were like, nope, Villa are playing. I had a, Too I had, bad. I, don't want I, I had a slight chuckle. It was a mini chuckle <laughs> to myself. But yeah. No, it's depressing. First of all, I don't have to say, Watford would just very well drilled defensively as you'd expect given who's in charge they they made mm-hmm. it pretty difficult for us they counter-attacked very well and you know we made it so easy for them when you have Matty Cash and Luca Dean you're thinking they're playing as wide forwards <laughs> which is not something you want to be seeing from them too I know this, he wants the full backs forward just to add something to attack but when you've got someone who cannot attack for shit, like Mackie, Mackie Cash, and Luca Dini, who makes mm. the runs but never gets the ball enough, you're exposing us. It, yeah, you don't want that kind of stuff happening to you. And like you say, with Watford, it's just a well-drilled team. Roy Hodgson does what Roy Hodgson has always done. And it now seems like over the last few weeks for Watford, they know... Yes, they may have not got the results in their last two games before this past weekend, but you can see he's slowly implementing his thing of, like, this is how we play. 
we kind of shut up sharp and uh, this is how we're going to play on the counter-attack against teams. Yeah. Who knew that in 2019 when we went to the Belgian leagues and signed Wesley, we actually should have looked for a different one in that same team. In Emmanuel Dennis, which is absolutely crazy for, for Aston Villa fans, that is, because is Wesley even at the club anymore? He's, he's not, currently he? on loan in Brazil and he's probably not coming back. Yeah. So, uh, not the best bit of business. Let's be honest, if we record him back, he'd probably still try and do something better than what our strikers are doing right now. <laughs> How is it our best uh, strikers are currently out on loan? I don't make this kind of stuff up. I would say, just well, the I last mean, thing with Villa, because the, the issue right now, why we're on. so poor... It feels like certain players just can't play the system. Fullbacks so hot the Which field is... leaves us massively exposed. Douglas Louise can't mm. play number six to save his life. Yeah, I mean there was the whole thing of in that January transfer window of West um Aston Villa, I nearly said West Ham for fuck's sake. Uh looking for that number six and you telling me like, oh, maybe they make that move for Eves Basuma of Brighton and we was talking about should they address it and then like because you kept saying that uh, Douglas Louise isn't that number six and it's becoming more and more apparent that he can't play in that role no he can't do it he's not got enough energy for when say the midfielders push forward well they say that John McGinn's practically playing right back at the moment because he's covering Cash's ass why does that sound like a weird advert for he's covering Cash's ass I don't know John McGee's arse is big enough to cover Matty Cash's as well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's made me laugh way more than it should have done. Uh, right, let's do um, a roundup of the rest of the Premier League. So like, I've just now. had the one. I have faith in Gerard because there's a load of people already jumping on the Gerard out bandwagon because. Idiots! Oh, for fuck's sake! And like, you got to give it time to change. I saw there was a video being shared around. It was Michael Owen talking about United. I think early in the season. It was mm. what was it? It was he was talking about Liverpool and Klopp. How in his first season, it was all about this is my system. This is how we're going to play. I think Gerard's speaking the same way, but with Liverpool, because Klopp didn't change it, it was very much about weeding out the weaker ones and who can play this system who can't get rid of those who can't do it maybe we have to do yeah. the same thing mm. and you've seen it over the years we'll jump back on to Liverpool in that point uh, over the years they've got rid of the players that can't do that the likes of Christian Benteke um, a few of the defenders they've had Fabio Barini in that team you said defenders and then you said Fabio so, Barini no, just because I couldn't think of any Liverpool defenders that have left in recent years uh, but there has definitely been a few that has I can't remember Liverpool's defence in 2016 Martin Skirtle is he still there? Um, Saka I think so remember who Saka yeah Saka yeah I knew I was like is it Saka or Sissoko I'm trying, and I just couldn't think of his name but yeah um, Jose Enrique as well out of the team as well so there has been changes and like you say, maybe Villa do need that, Gerard, just to be that strict and say, right, this is how we're going to play. And those that can't play the style of play, then in the summer, 
you're going to have to leave because this is what I want to do. It's got to a point where there are at least two or three players. I'd be like, oh, if we get offers for you, I'm tempted. Yeah. Right, uh, roundup now of the rest of the Premier League's action this weekend. It got underway with West Ham versus Newcastle on Saturday lunchtime, with the points being shared Craig Dawson and Joe Willock uh, with the goals. It's nice to see Joe Willock actually get on the score sheet because it seems like an age since he scored for them. Yeah, do you think it was weird that people were digging out Declan Rice on that one? I thought it was just very unfortunate. And also it was a pretty good finish from Willock. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's one of them where football fans and any fan across the world of football will always say, if that player didn't do this, then um, it wouldn't have happened. But at the same time, you've got to give credit to Joe Willock for being able to finish that goal. And he obviously did and got uh, the pole into four uh, Newcastle. I found it funny that it was a lot of Manchester United fans amongst the football Twitter Sphere that we're going for Declan Rice, like he wouldn't improve your midfield. Well, yeah, Although then well, again, I mean, <laughs> how many it times have I said? <laughs> how many times have I said in the past? Don't ever listen to football fans on Twitter. They genuinely uh, annoy me. It's like one of the most annoying things ever. Um, elsewhere in the Premier League, Arsenal managed to beat Brentford two-one. Uh, with Saka and Smith Rowe scoring their goals for Mikel Arteta's side. More comfortable performance from Arsenal this time around compared to their first meeting between these two sides earlier on this season. Yeah, I haven't really seen much of it. Sandal or Brentford did give them a bit of a challenge as well. Arsenal came through it, fair play. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea's first Premier League game back in action since being crowned Club World Cup Championship. Uh, they left it late to beat Crystal Palace. Hakim Ziyech uh, scoring, who's in recent weeks slowly becoming really good, whether it is being left out of uh, Morocco's African Cup of Nations team has got a fire lit underneath him, but he's started to become really, really good under Thomas Tuchel. I don't know if it's the, that part, considering I think he's retired from international football now. Yeah, so he I'm not announced sure he, his retirement. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to care too much about getting one on his country. But yeah, he's, he's standing yeah. out amongst a Chelsea squad that's lacking a goal. Like, did you see it was the first yeah. half stats for Lukaku's touch map? I don't think I have seen a picture of it. it I might have done it, it escapes it, me now. It was just the kick-off. The pass from I kick-off. Mean, that's, that's all it was. It's one of them where I don't think he works under this too cool style of play. Like it's now becoming more and more confusing as to why they signed him. If that makes sense, because when um, he first went there, you thought, okay, a striker is what Chelsea needed last season after the amount of chances Werner was failing to convert. And the amount of offsides, which he became like a running meme for. And then Lukaku started off the season okay, but then he's just really gone into a shell of himself compared to what he was last season over in Italy. Yeah, it's hard to explain, and it, it, the guy looks like he's playing with lead mm. in his boots again. Yeah. Uh, right, let's carry on with the quick uh, roundup of the last 
two or three games we haven't spoke about. Southampton managed to beat Everton 2-0 with Stuart Armstrong and uh, Shane Long scoring the goals for Ralph Hassenhutl's side. Wolves and Leicester, uh, it was a very good game actually for a half-four kick-off between them two sides. I don't think we've really been disappointed with any of the half-four games this season. Not in recent weeks we haven't. I can't think of too many that have disappointed me. If Uh, this somehow went viral, someone would find something. (laughs) And then uh, I was going to say, what do we have next Sunday at half-four? But uh, there isn't one because I believe it may be Carabao Cup final. Yes, Yes, it is. Uh, which is Chelsea Liverpool, so let's hope that one doesn't disappoint us. It shouldn't do. No, um, but yeah, final few. Uh, well, on the Wolves Leicester game again, I'm I'm getting as the weeks go on, I'm getting more and more question marks as to whether Brendan Rodgers is going to be at Leicester next season. And the more and more we get closer to the end of this season, I'm thinking no, he's not going to be there next season. Yeah, I would agree with that one. I don't know if it even happens beforehand as well, which I believe it's Brasbois. I don't think that's the yeah, Leicester ownership's way. And I feel like they would have said, no. you've got the end of the season, you've deserved that at least. Mm. Um, Ruben Neves, doing what Ruben Neves does with that strike from outside the box to give uh, Wolves the lead. Although when I first saw it, I was like, has it taken a deflection but he's just how he's hit it is quite strange he's like he's gone for placement uh, and power at the same time and he's just caught Casper uh, Schmeichel off yeah I'll just never understand how Ruben Neves does this at least once every season and how haven't Premier League defenders figured it out yet do not give Ruben Neves edge uh, space on the edge of the box yeah is there anything he does all season I don't know what else he does <laughs> 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 I was confused about him was about how wolves are up there. I just don't get it. I'm, I'm annoyed. I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, maybe next season it'd be you lot. And another team that is up I've there uh, three seasons. With his... <laughs> uh, the final one we'll talk about is obviously the Battle of the Roses as uh, Leeds United hosted Man United. We finally scored from a corner this season. Jesus Christ. Congratulations. <laughs> well done. I honestly thought it was going to be the whole the stat season. Up as well, I was like, you one. keep putting that stat up, and the wonder they are going to score. Mm. And then they did. And obviously, Harry, Mag- Harry Maguire with, with. Of course the... it was. Of course it was him. Yeah. To be fair, he does well because he's getting held by the Leeds player. Yeah, oh, to be fair, I was quite uh, impressed. Yeah. Mm. Um, Bruno Fernandes scoring just on the stroke of half time to give United what should have been a comfortable 2-0 lead but 2-0 is never the safe scoreline in football as the first 10 minutes of the second half showed as Leeds United managed to get back into it really quickly yeah the Rodrigo goal was just an anomaly like do you know what happened yeah. <laughs> caught De Gea completely off guard and then the second one you have no excuses whatsoever <laughs> potentially Bruno fouled get fucked it's one of them and I'm I'm not saying it is a foul but again I've, I've seen them given and teams be angry like there's not much in it and then there's also times where I've seen it not given and you can understand why so I have no complaints over that one uh, Fred's goal lovely finish from Fred and what on earth has fucking happened to Fred where he seems to be getting praised left right and centre from pundits all he had to do was start going forward 
That's literally all he had to do. Hmm. And now he's weirdly turned into one of our best midfielders. He's your best goal scorer. Currently, yes, but not this season. He's doing better than Seahawks. And seven. then. Uh... <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> Four days, one goal in seven. Come on. Well, one goal in eight now, I think it is. Okay, in recent. Yeah, one goal in eight in recent form, but Ronaldo's still having a better season. Anyway, and then uh, Anthony Alanga's goal to make it uh, 4-2. That flick by Bruno Fernandes over Pascal Struik. Oh, what a thing of beauty that was. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes is the most annoying footballer on the planet, but he does still do very quality stuff. Mm. Perspective, but if he didn't start acting like a moaning prick every time. Just get on with the game. Yeah. The thing is, though, people are saying he's having a bad season, which for him he may be. However, in terms of goals, in goal, in terms of goals and assists for Manchester United in the league this season, he he's been involved in fifteen of United's goals. Only two players in the Premier League this season have been involved in more: Jared Bowen of West Ham, who's having a freak of nature season, and Mohamed Salah, who's been involved in twenty six goals uh, this season, which is like he, he has to win player of the year if we're talking about that this early stage because he's just been differently gravy well here's where I raise David De Gea's name into the conversation because he's the reason you've not lost games oh yeah I think he's definitely going to be like amongst the nominations but uh, for me I think it's uh, Salah's to lose I was talking about before you were talking about Manchester United players of the season that Bruno Fernandes the overall player of the season I think you're having a laugh there (laughs) No, that is definitely De Gea. Like he's saved our bacon far too many times this season, and looks back to his best. Yeah, just to reason. Bruno Fernandes is nowhere near the nominations for Player of the Season <laughs> overall. <laughs> Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. I, w- I wasn't saying he was, but um, if United would have in a player forward, it's definitely uh, David De Gea. But yeah, so very good weekend of action overall, and. Let's just hope this closeness for, well, all three, top four, uh, the champions and relegation battles stays as close as it is currently. Yeah, I can hope so. Do you want to go to the European highlights? Because we were gifted a little bit. Yeah, uh, we'll start over in Germany with uh, what happened yesterday. Borussia Dortmund beating Mönchengladbach 6-0 and it seemed like we had prime Marco Royce back. That's not saying much. What on earth was he on? I mean that in his season. Yeah, okay. Marco Ross is a very prime. Marco Ross is a very good player. That wasn't that wasn't an insult. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just what on earth has happened to him in recent weeks? Like he's gone on, uh, crazy for Marco Rose's side, and the fact that Dortmund managed to beat Munch and Gladbach, who obviously having a bad season uh, in their standards, dropped uh, now down to thirteenth after the weekend's results. It's just crazy to see that scoreline happen. Like, of all the weekend's action, I think that's probably the one that stuck out to me the most. Yeah, Dortmund are all over the place a little bit. They'll have amazing weeks at some point, and then they'll have terrible weeks. Like we saw it last Thursday. They yeah. don't lose to Rangers. No. Like, everyone's scratching their head like, hang on, wait. <laughs> you can see them putting up a good title battle against Bayern Munich, and then... You, like you say, you do that against Rangers and you're like, hang on, are 
they actually serious and like what's going on but they managed to recover obviously from that embarrassing defeat in midweek on yeah it was Thursday I nearly said Wednesday yeah, it was last Thursday it, it feels Thursday. that long ago because we haven't done a podcast in over a week <laughs> all on me I would say but whatever <laughs> I wasn't um, saying that but <laughs> elsewhere in the Bundesliga Bayern Munich managed to come back from 1-0 down to beat uh, SPVG Groyth for 4-1 uh, Robert Lewandowski doing what Robert Lewandowski just does and scores his 27th and 28th Bundesliga goal this season, which is frightening to see. Because the isn't next the highest Bayern is Patrick. Is it not where the Bayern are slightly slipping at moments? We saw them lose to Bochum a couple of weeks. Was it two, two weeks ago? Something like that. And then they were behind against the team that have been one of the worst in Europe this season. Yeah, I mean, they are bottom of the league and only accumulated 13 points out of 23 games it's very strange but again Bayern Munich have been dealt with injuries this season I mean like no one was expecting um, oh, what's his name now no, yeah. the left back Richards no Richards at left back to be uh, <coughs> excuse me it's just like losing off the games that's a loss but also yes. they've lost nowhere in uh, recent weeks yeah as well so there's a lot of pressure on uh, Sven Ulreich to step up to Neuer's uh, shoes and try and replace him which is a very very hard job I mean, it's about uh, time he's been the backup for years well yeah uh, Bayer Leverkusen losing 3-2 to Mainz on Friday evening very surprising uh, result there despite being uh, 1-0 up in that game um and RB Leipzig beating Hertha Berlin 6-1 as well yesterday. It's always one just crazy result in the Bundesliga. Like how, how dare last week mm. like people go for the Bundesliga saying it's a farmer's league. Yeah, in, anything can happen in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Never, ever write it off. Uh, we'll head over to Italy next and the Battle of Turin took place on Friday between Juventus and Torino and the points were shared one apiece uh, with Bellotti and Matthias Delict scoring their goals respectively there. It was a defeat for Inter Milan as they lost 2-0 to Sassuolo. Um, very surprising result in that case because Sassuolo have been really bad for their standards. Obviously in 11th place now, they're usually up and around fighting for like Europa League places and that, but they've been quite poor this season and obviously Inter who are currently league champions and in an, in that fight for the title in Italy. It's very surprising to see them lo- uh, lose the game. Uh, Roma, they drew 2-2 with Hellas Verona this past weekend, but did you see Jose Mourinho? He's a fan. He's, like, it's not as surprising, is it? Can't be that surprising no. anymore. Yeah. Like, what he's done with this Roma team this season, like his antics have just been... Prime Jose Mourinho shithouse roof. It's like he's gone to Rome for well, not not only a nice holiday, but I'm just going to be the best version of me. Yeah, and it's absolutely brilliant to see. Obviously, results-wise, it's not been too good over uh, recent weeks for uh, them, which sees them slip down to eighth place in the league. But anything can happen in Italy. Uh, final few results. AC Milan drew 2-2 with Salernitana, which, again, it's a bad weekend for both teams at the top of the table, 
both dropping points because Salernitana again along with SPVG Greuther one of the worst teams in Europe this season accumulating 14 points from their 24 games and AC Milan top of the table then type of games you've got to be winning comfortably yeah it's, it also comes across as like a missed opportunity as well yeah uh Talking about missed opportunities on Saturday over in Liege 1, PSG losing 3-1 to Nantes. I mean, what on earth happened there? God knows. Lionel Messi as well. Like, it's, Is it just sad at this point that it's not happening for him really? Is he saving it for the World Cup? He must be because he's just having a god-awful time. I mean, he's literally his only saving grace is his uh, assist this season because he's now up to about five assists I think maybe four or five assists in the league uh, other than that no sorry eight assists after this uh, so that has been his saving grace this season at PSG from a really poor uh, season which is strange maybe he's saving it for the World Cup I don't know I'm just trying to find an excuse <laughs> it's just sad to watch <laughs> well yeah um, so yeah, that was obviously the big result over in France this past weekend. Uh, elsewhere, Bordeaux and Monaco played out a 1-1 draw. Rennes beat Troyes uh, 4-1. Marseille, who are in second place uh, in the league, losing 2-0 to Clermont, who are down in 15th. Again, another big, big uh, points dropped there. And Lyon only drawing one apiece with Lens as well. So a lot of top teams in both uh, Italy and France not picking up a full custom of points this past weekend and then we head over finally over to Spain Atletico Madrid beat Osasuna 3-0 with Angel Correa Luis Suarez and João Felix scoring the goals for uh, Diego Simeone's side Real Madrid as well beat Alaves by the same scoreline Vinicius Junior Benzema uh, and Marco Asensio with the goals there again Karen Benzema being involved in all three goals, scoring the penalty for the third and assisting both Asensio and uh, Vinicius for their goals. And Barcelona looked quite decent yesterday, beating Valencia 4-1. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang with a hat-trick. Uh, what the hell has <laughs> gone on? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, are you sure it was definitely a hat-trick that he got? Or thought he only scored twice? Yeah, it's... No, uh, Pedri's goal has officially been That's credited why. to Abama Yang. Uh, yeah. I saw the stat that it said Pedri had scored, and I was about to praise Pedri. No. <laughs> I mean, we can continue to praise him because, my God, is he a player. Yeah, and he's exactly what Barcelona need, if we're honest. Yeah. I'd also, I'd also sound out everything. Gavi as well. He looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. It's now like they've got a good talent pool of players coming through uh, La Masia again. Like they went for a period of time where they'd have like one, maybe two pop through, and then eventually not really do much. But they seem to have like Gavi, Pedri, Nico Gonzalez, uh, Akamash coming through. Like they've got a really good talent pool of players coming through again at La Masia. Yeah, and Xavi, if he can build this together and get a good squad, then who knows? Mm. Yeah, I mean, what when he took over, they were seventh, maybe even as low as ninth in the league, up to fourth now, a game in hand over every team above them. 
he's turned their fortunes around uh, drastically despite uh, a poor performance in the Europa League debut last week they're still in the Europa League they could win that yeah I mean but again it's a hard game against uh, Napoli so it's nothing too too uh, certain there right that is all the European leagues uh, wrapped up for this weekend I'll hand it over to you now for anything else you've got to talk about well can we explain when we were going to do the podcast last week before you came down with Covid we had plans to bring in a brand new award Yes, um, it's one where we're going to be calling out uh, players, pundits, or just silly opinions or silly things that have happened in football. So, what have you got for? Have you got one for us this week? I definitely don't have one for this week. I was just saying, I felt like the viewers deserve to know that we had that planned. And it was going to obviously mm-hmm. go to Craig Burley for his comments about Chelsea winning the Club World Cup, and it was just ridiculous at the time. I'd managed to forget about it during the past week, obviously dealing with COVID and all of the uh, stuff going on in the world. I had managed to forget about it. However, that now you've brought it back up, that's actually riled me up with anger, how stupid those comments were from him. Yeah, they were great. I can't remember exactly what it was, but all of that, I'm going to take a stand at this straight away for when we do it again next week. Richard Keyes is banned from nominations, okay? <laughs> He's completely banned because he could win this every single week with the things he'll say. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have a winner. Actually, can I give it... Can I accept maybe... It's not a, a winner in terms of like someone's doing, uh, saying something stupid, but a bit of immatureness of... Uh, Granite Xhaka when uh, Arsenal's captain on the game I can't remember who it was went off to get substituted and then he was going to be handed the captain's armband but he seemed to refuse it and it ended up going to Kieran Tierney in the end it's a bit childish I mean yes he was stripped of the captaincy uh, because of all his antics earlier on like this season and last season and just if the manager said you are to be the captain then do it's not that hard to do like I don't understand it you've just brought it out a moment there but technically the award is called the worst take award and it's not technically a take it's a moment that you've picked out yeah under definition okay, uh, of the rules got... it does not apply <laughs> if you're going to apply uh, it to you something got... you could apply it to the Peter that is called Sovig Award and here is this week's nominations I don't know, Jeff, has it? I do not believe what I've just seen! Oh, 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 it's been a while since I've heard that, it seems. It's cured your COVID. <laughs> yeah, so I had... Before last night, I had the winner. And that was okay. the Jack Wilshire transfer announcement video. Which was I just hated and proper cringy. You were the only one that hated it. But there was a different moment that came to my attention afterwards and I felt like because of the sheer that is quite something about it, how could I not give it to Michaela Moore for three own goals for the New Zealand women against the USA? Yeah, I feel sorry for her. Um, so obviously... In- 
<clears throat> for those that don't follow the women's game, it is international break and they were playing in the She Believes Cup and the US went on to win 6-0, I believe, in the end. Uh, oh, it's 5. No pun intended there. With I saw 5 this morning. Okay, it may have been 5 now, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, and she obviously scored a hat-trick of own goals, which is nothing you ever want to see in football, but it definitely has to win this week's award. Yes, very unfortunate. Have you seen, I'm guessing you definitely would have seen the goals as well. They're terrible goals as well. <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't be conceded, the type of goals. Like, I'll walk you off just... the pitch after that third one, though. Oh, 100%. Like I, I, I'm, if anything happened to me like that, I'm just, uh, I would cry. I'm I really would cry. Given that it's American as well, I'm surprised that there wasn't a Tannoy announcement giving her the battle of the match for the best American player. <laughs> uh, I actually have no idea who won player of the match. Oh, it was five nil. Uh, however, I'm only happy about the fourth goal scorer, Ashley Hatch. I mean, what a start to her US career she's having. Uh, and if you want more to talk on top that. goal score <laughs> yes I will uh, do it on my channel in a bit but yeah good win for the US and it's been a very interesting women's international break uh, but like we said if you want more on that then check out uh, women's football talk where you can keep up to date with all the latest on women's football uh, is that it this week? I believe so yeah don't produce a Zegob because we haven't uh, Yes, but we will have one this weekend. And don't forget, we have a, another set of Champions League fixtures this week to take place. We have Villarreal, Juventus and Chelsea versus Lille on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, Benfica versus Ajax and Atletico Madrid versus Manchester United. Yeah, Premier League games as well taking place. Yes. Uh, we have Watford, Crystal Palace, Burnley Spurs and Liverpool versus Leeds. Oh, this week's midweek games oh and Arsenal Wolves on Thursday as well completely forgot about that See, one Arsenal Wolves makes uh, it right. feel like that's a Europa League fixture <laughs> on a Thursday as well I mean it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> yeah at quarter to eight as well Jesus Christ the only thing that's going to be missing is that Champions League uh, Europa League that's just harsh on Arsenal that is <laughs> <laughs> right uh, we'll be back on Friday to preview the weekend's action and look back at all the action from the Premier League with midweek games and uh, the Champions League as well. Until then, like I said at the start, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us and follow us on Twitter as well at OffTTPod for all the latest news and stories. And until then, it's goodbye from Brad. See ya. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon.